Chad, I appreciate you taking the time to meet us here in front of Union Hall. Uh, we've heard a lot about this. We, of course, know more about what's going on with it than most. But just kind of tell us where did this concept come from and what's it going to be? So uh, Union Hall is a, it's a food hall. It's a concept that's kind of uh, exploded in the United States over the last probably five years. I learned about it three or four years ago at a conference that I was at in Austin. Uh, Originally, we were planning on doing some retail in this building, and uh, we've done a lot of retail in downtown Waco, and that's, to me, we wanted to try to find something different to do. Um, again, so I, I was at a conference in Austin, and there was a speaker there talking about food halls, and I thought, you know, that's with, with what everyone's doing and trying to open these businesses that allow for incubation of smaller businesses or businesses to grow, I thought, you know, this might be a good idea for this space that's a pretty big building about 18,000 square feet so that's about in line with what all these other food halls that I was hearing about at these conferences were so what a food hall is is a uh, it's a uh, different food stalls ranging from here we're ranging from about 200 square feet up to 1500 square feet so you can have anything from a person that specializes in making cupcakes and that's the only thing that they make, so they, they would probably occupy a 200 square foot space all the way up to a full service restaurant that would do uh, again, just everything from breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, what makes this appealing to, to these concepts is that they're moving into a ready uh, space that's already ready for them. All the bills, everything's included in their rent, so that takes out that obstacle for them. So they'll move in and pay what seems like a higher rate on rent, but that includes it's a full service rate. So there gonna be finish out per se, maybe uh, signage or anything. They, we do we deliver the space uh, white box, so they'll have to do signage and their equipment. Just really depends on how detailed they want to be with their space. So there's some people that just have equipment in their space and a sign, so that's pretty easy for them to move right in. Then there's some people. Uh, we have a tenant here, Press Waffle, that. If you see their space, it's, it's pretty decked out. So you can be as detailed as you want to be. Um, but it, it definitely lowers the barrier of entry for, for these restaurants. Um, Tell us a little bit, Shane, about the whole development here, because I know you developed the Waco running side, Turner Behringer did, and you had to do a lot of infrastructure work here to even make this possible with Union Hall. Yeah, so when we bought the property, uh, it, it was pretty much abandoned. Oh, this this particular building was used as warehouse space, and there was maybe one tenant over in the other building, and uh, we gutted everything here. And, and just the other building has 15 loft units for for rent, and then four uh, retail spaces. Uh, we had no parking really here in place, but there was land for it, so we created parking and uh, again. Uh, redevelop the entire building over there um, and that's just it's been a, a model that's worked for us we've been doing this probably for close to 15 years in downtown and the multi-use loft and retail spaces have been really successful so that's that was a no-brainer for the building across the parking lot here figuring out what to do with this building was a little more complicated but Talk a little bit about the location. I mean, this is a great location downtown. Silos behind you. We're 
7th and Franklin, but all of the other amenities that are around, Hippodrome, just really an excellent location. Yeah, so the way that downtown's growing right now, obviously Franklin is a, a main thoroughfare. Then 8th Street is really blown up, which is right behind us. That's The Hippodrome is located on 8th and Austin. We're, of course, on 8th and Franklin. Then the silos is at 8th and Webster. Uh, so this street's, and then backyard is beyond that. So this street's becoming one of the busier streets in downtown. Uh, when we first bought this property, I don't really, I don't think the silos were occupied at that time. So that worked out in our favor, definitely. But uh, once we're finished with this project and then uh, Magnolia finishes their coffee shop, I'm pretty sure there, there's gonna be a lot of traffic on 8th Street. What kind of research did you do? I know you did some extensive stuff before. Uh, you're gonna show us what it looks like inside, but what kind of research did you do? Because this is a new concept for here anyway. Yeah, so after I learned about this at that conference, I reached out to one of the speakers on, on one of the panels there. There was a, the, he designs food halls all over the, the world. So we set up a meeting with that group and they came down to Waco. They looked at our proposed site um, then they put together a package for us to look at. And then after that, we scheduled some meetings. I met with them in New York and toured, uh, I think, six or seven food halls there. Um, I toured quite a bit in Texas. Then I went to Europe and toured in Italy and yeah. London with those same designers, just so they could show us. They do a lot of work in Italy, uh, Rome and Milan. So they showed us a few of the places that inspired them and or inspires them in their their designs and where food halls come from is it's a it's kind of a play off of european outdoor food markets um, and they kind of explain you know this is we went through some of the oldest markets especially in london uh, one of the oldest markets in the world and it, it, that's exactly what it is i mean it's basically what we're going to see in here but it's outside so yeah. um and that that concept's proven it's worked for 2,000 years. Shane, touch on when you and Todd were originally talking about this, you were explaining to me that this place is going to be from breakfast to dinner to late night with a bar available. So really, you've got breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then evening entertainment after that. So it's an all-day deal. Yeah, so we, uh, we have breakfast concepts, lunch concepts, and dinner concepts. And then we, we have what we're calling late night, which is from 8 to 11, I believe. Uh, we have one bar that services all the concepts inside. Um, breakfast concepts, we, we ask that if you're a breakfast concept that you serve breakfast and lunch. If you're a dinner concept, you serve lunch and dinner. Um, we have some requirements in place that you have to be open. Um, if you're going to be a tenant here, you have to be open seven days a week uh, for the either lunch and, or breakfast and lunch or lunch and dinner, uh, just to create consistency. Um, we anticipate you know, this is going to be a draw for families because when you have a wife, a husband, and three kids, they all want to eat at some, something different. So this allows them to all do that, accomplish that in one place. Um, Maybe even multiple times a day because there's yeah. many concepts. You can come here for breakfast and lunch or lunch and dinner or vice versa. Yeah, and it also provides an option. We have a lot of office workers down here that have 30-minute lunch breaks, so they can just walk down here grab a slice of pizza or grab a hamburger and make it back to work in their 30 minute lunch And just break. for clarification, while I'd really like to have been on the front end of this and the design concept, you were talking about Todd Berenger, not 
me, Todd, right? In the early stages, we were talking about Todd. Yeah, there's, see, there's no question. It wasn't me. Yeah. I like to take credit. That's obvious. <laughs> well, why don't you show us what, talk about what we'll see, we'll go through there. Sure. The space has started at 220, and they go up to 440 square feet. They're probably going to be opening tomorrow. Um, well, they're a hamburger uh, concept. They have other locations in Waco. So this is the perfect example of this allows them to test the market in downtown uh, without actually opening a, a brick and mortar location. So our hope would be, well, with them, we hope they stay here forever, but also if downtown turns out to be successful for them, then maybe they'll move into one of our brick and mortar locations and open yeah, something That's interesting. There. I hadn't thought about that. I always thought it as, as a startup concept, trying to test to see if the product, this is an expansion opportunity yeah. kind of a, for people that already have a proven concept, they just want to see if the location is. Exactly. That's interesting. Uh, so, Which we should have seating for about 450 people in the building. Currently we have a little over 70% occupancy. Obviously everyone's still finishing out. So how many available spots when this Union Hall is full, how many eateries will you have or available spots? So we have 25 stalls in the building, but some tenants are taking multiple stalls. I think we're gonna end up around 16 or 17 concepts. Okay. Are there any, other than the seating areas, are there any common areas that they share or is it all individuals like, I don't so, know, would that be cooking or storage or anything like that? We have a prep kitchen in the back that people have access to. We also have a walk-in coolers in the back that people can rent space in and we have dry storage upstairs with lockers that people can rent space. And there'll be seating well. in the front, and this is all open? This will obviously seating too? This is designed to have seating all the way down it. We're kind of hold off and see how traffic from the all the stalls plays out before we put seating there. So this is a, a 14, I think about a 1400 square foot space. So this is where more of a full service restaurant or bar would go into this, this area. Uh, like I said, we have a liquor license for all of this area. These are separately addressed, so if another bar wants to open in there, a restaurant that serves right. alcohol, they can do that under their own license. And then the other large space that you have in the back that we'll see shortly, is that something for more of a permanent space as well? It is. So that one's about 1,300 square feet. So will their signage go up there? I remember you said something about you kind of designed it after what you saw. The way that we designed it is for signage to go up there, but Wizbang's put theirs on their building, so yeah. they on the spin. That works out perfectly. The con this design concept came from a food hall in London, and really, this is how all of theirs was done. This is one of the other larger spaces here. We left all the exposed brick. Uh, again, we're delivering the spaces. This would be considered white box, so all they have to do is come in and do some plumbing if they need plumbing, and it's pretty, it's pretty easy to get going at a low cost. And this is three more stalls here. We just leased this one out last week. Most of the stalls are vented, so we provide uh, the exhaust system. They have to provide the vent hood for their space. Oh. So that again, that's a huge savings for for the concepts coming in because that's one of the largest expenses in opening a restaurant is your vent hood system. So as they have this taped out, this will be all their cooking area, I guess, and the counter and that's right. exactly where that will be. 
That's right. And their rents are all inclusive. I mean, it's not individually for electricity, water, everything's it's all right. rent. Yeah, we have a, so this space here, this is a 220 square foot space. I believe the rent on this is probably around 1000 to $1,200. So that's pretty easy for somebody for to swallow. Point of entry. Yeah. A lot of space for dining out here as well. Tell us about these pictures on the wall. I saw those earlier. That's really interesting. Oh, yeah. I've seen that before, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. So this is Prosperity Dinner. I don't know exactly what year this happened, but it was a big dinner that they hosted in downtown Waco. The whole community came together and, uh, and um, well, they had dinner together. So we thought that was pretty reflective on what we're doing here. So we're bringing the whole community in to have dinner together. Yeah, I've seen that before. It's either in the teens or the 20s or something. It's yeah, I think, it's, I think it was before the 20s. Before the teens? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it as well, but I really didn't know what it was. It's down here, you, I guess. Yeah, we put this one in color. color right? Right? Oh, yeah. Your sitting area upstairs. Yeah, so we have a bathroom. This here is the, the kitchen. It's just a front kitchen. All the cooking is happening in their space. And they, how do they divide up freezer space or refrigerator space? We have a locker or not locker. We have a requirement that this case or locker that they have to use. And they basically get that much space for a certain amount of, I don't remember what the rates are, but. It's included already with their, it's not extra. No, that's extra. Oh, this is extra. So their spaces are large enough to put reach-in coolers in. This is just if they have. That's a large space that I don't have any square feet that big. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a that's big one. So this, we, we did this just as a traffic generator. That's kind of what we did out of dry storage upstairs. That allows, I mean, because people have a lot of to-go containers and things like that where they don't have the space down here to put it so they can run up. Yeah, allows them to maximize their space with other things. So right. Can do that. So you can look up there if you want. And again, you got to think if they're having to rent these spaces, that means they're probably doing pretty well. And they need additional space to store things. So we have 17 lockers up here. It's a pretty nice dog kennel. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. <laughs> it makes some sense that they could have the storage up here without having to bring. Yeah, maximize their space downstairs. Yeah. All air conditioned. Really nice. And it's like 100 bucks a month, I think, or 150 a month per space. So it's not. Yeah, it saves them bringing quite as much inventory downstairs. Yeah. They can still have it here. And this is exactly what they like uh, to go containers. We don't allow them to store food up here. It's just dry goods storage. Yeah. So this is 440 square feet. And then Press Waffle also has 440 square feet. This is Press Waffle's fifth location. They're in Plano, Houston, Oklahoma, Fort Worth, and here. So it's Yeah. You know, this concept is everywhere, even. And in Napa, back in the spring, they have a place like this that's very similar to what you're doing here. With yeah multiple eateries in one building, and it was also an old warehouse, so. When I first heard food court, I think malls, mm -hmm. and I think fast food chains, you know, various ones that you see everywhere. There may be some chain concepts, but they're small. They're like, yeah, they're it's, all like local. Mom, it's all mom and pop or local yeah, region, uh, or at, small. At chains. most regional. And we have four or five locations, but not. We're a food hall, not a food court. Yeah. So we have to make sure that yeah. the 
that people understand the difference between food hall and food court. Yeah. Well, maybe this will help. Get the and this is a concept, too, that they're looking at helping to relieve some of the stress that big shopping malls are having right now right. with these big box people going out. Well, they can replace that with a food hall. And this is a great concept to drive traffic somewhere. So yeah. when there's Sears used to drive traffic to a mall. Well, now people want to eat. They want they want an experience while they're eating. So yeah. they're looking at putting a lot of these in, in these shopping malls that are dying. Yeah. That's interesting. So the food hall kind of drives the retail. Yeah. The other, yeah. Other, so it used to be the other way around. Yeah, yeah. It used to be food was just there to yeah. keep you in the mall, but these con these big big box names is what drove people there. Well, now it's different. Entertainment and right. food is what gets people to go to these places. Are they open for operation? Or they are. Close? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Show us the space upstairs. Right. That yeah. You have Also, we're really trying to do here is, is allow local artists to do things in the building. So this is Will Suarez. He's actually a Grammy award-winning artist. Really? And he's here in Waco. He's won three Grammys for uh, album covers. But so the public, will this be closed off on a normal day as long as there's plenty of seating? Or this is open to the public. The only time it'll ever be closed off to the public is if we have a private event scheduled. So if they want to come, get a selfie, and get the, the shot with the silos and the wood, they can do it right here. Yeah, yeah. That may take care of the whole drive in the traffic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so how long is this taking, this painting thus far? How long? He started this about a month ago. Wow. He's pretty pretty He's done it all by himself, too. So up here, we're going to have tables, and we're going to also put some games around. We, we want to encourage people to come up here because when all these concepts are open, there isn't enough seating down there. Yeah. So right. this will hold about probably 150 people up here. Uh, so we want to get people up here. So we're going to have some games. And then one of our other tenants, which he owns an indoor putt-putt golf, he's going to do some, make two holes back here for kids to play there. And, right. Um, again, we're, I think we're going to cater to families, so we want to make have something for kids right. to do. This is a really neat place. There's a lot of churches down there. I can see this really being crowded. Oh, yeah. So we already have, a, at the Hippodrome, we have Harris Creek Baptist Church meets there Sunday nights, and they've already approached us about coming here after the Sunday night service. And it's That service caters to college students and young adults, so they want to be able to use this whole space. And they have about 800 people that attend that service. So, wow. so I've, I mean, those are exactly the type of people that we want to. So going back to a, a bigger picture, tell us a little bit about Turner Behringer and really it's all inclusive. You've got construction with your brother Cody. You're very experienced in leasing and organizing and developing these type transactions. Todd Behringer, of course, is a partner and has been involved in a lot of downtown projects and then Turner Behringer Real Estate, y'all manage these places on your own. So we're full, Just tell us a little bit about your whole concept. We're a full service firm, so we we have Turner Behringer Property Management, Turner Behringer Real Estate, and Turner Behringer Development. Um, so we can develop the project, we, we do our own lease up and we self-manage everything, but we also do third party 
Um, so we, we represent a lot of the property owners in downtown and just well, in Lakeland in general. Um, my brother has been a general contractor for about 15 years, so uh, he's extremely knowledgeable on the construction management side. Todd obviously has a ton of experience in, on the retail side, so he knows how to approach, help me approach a lot of the, the tenants that we're negotiating with. And also when it comes to design on a project, he has a lot of input there just to make them a better design space to fit retail. And then I'm a actually, I'm a, I'm a real estate broker, so I uh, handle all the broker side of our business. Sure, they have the hustle space uh, downtown here not far. It's, you know, it's kind of an incubator for small business entrepreneurs and people doing that type of thing. I think it's, people can look and see what y'all have had, the successes of recent years, and tend to think all oh, that has come easy. Without maybe mentioning any specific properties or whatever, y'all have done so much down here, you're really a leader downtown uh, in the development here. Is there any place or any experience you can talk about that maybe didn't work as well as you thought uh, or I'm really looking for there that you really had to kind of, what you did in that situation, you had to kind of back up and adjust your, you know, that there's a lot more failures before you have successes. I think it'd be valuable for some people that are just trying to grind it out and looking for that, you know, that carrot out there and to understand, look, it didn't just happen overnight. Yeah. Every, I would say every single project. Really? So when I, I mean, we go into a project with a plan and that's plan A, but if you rely and expect plan A to work, then you're going to probably fail. Uh, we have a plan A through Z. So when plan A doesn't work, and it usually doesn't work before you even get started on the project, we already have a plan B. Um, we probably end up actually going with plan F by the time it's all done. But you have to be willing to, to, to change things up and um, kind of. Well, just like on this building, I mean, now we can see the fun, almost finished product. Any particular challenges when you go into rehabbing an old space like this? Cutting through walls, doing roof, any, any kind of surprises that pop up? That no, that? every project. That's something more my brother could speak to, but yeah. uh, he, he's definitely uh, pulled his hair out a few times yeah. on, on these jobs. I mean, you never know with tearing a wall down what you're going to find behind the wall. Yeah. And this, this particular building was, I think, built in 1924, so it's almost 100 years old. I don't know how many different businesses have been here before this, and of course, code 100 years ago is different than what code is today. Um, and trying to make this compliant with, with what the standards are today, that's always a huge obstacle. Um, well, as you looked at it, and I remember before you ever got started over here and you were really concentrating on Franklin Square, there were no entrances on this other side. You had to knock those holes in the wall yeah. to even have an entrance on this side of the building. Yep. So we, uh, that's even the space we're standing in right now didn't exist. We added the second story, uh, but we did window cutouts, uh, we enclosed the front of this building. It used to be open because this, I think originally this was a, a mechanic shop. Uh, this building next, this, these are two, actually two separate buildings. So we had to bust the wall open into this old Fred and Wally side of the this wall. Just kind of one last question. I hear a lot of people talking about this chicken egg concept going on downtown and you're probably as good an expert as anybody. Amenities versus density. We need more amenities, but we need more density. Where do you think we are kind of currently, and more importantly, over the next two or three, four years, where do you think the, the opportunities or challenges coming in that, in that combination? I think with us, it's not, 
is difficult to figure out because we really understand downtown. I know what kind of people live down here. I know how many people live down here. Um, and then I get out and I look at other markets to see. I go to Dallas, Austin, New York, all these different places. And of course, I would say we're probably 10 years behind most of those places. So I don't go to New York thinking I'm going to come back with a concept that's going to work in Waco. But I go to New York and I see a, something about a concept that might work in Waco. And we, we did a start there. This is what I really love about developing in markets like Waco, which would be considered more of a secondary or tertiary market, is that we are a little behind other people. So we can see what works in those markets and what doesn't work and, um, and bring those to our, to our market if we want. But as far as, I feel like we've definitely created a lot of our market here. We knew when we came in and we developed our first project, which had retail on the first floor and some lofts on the second floor. We had issues filling that retail for probably about a year. So we knew right away that we needed to work on density. So we moved toward building rooftops in downtown. So we probably added over 600 rooftops to downtown and that's helped our business, all of our other businesses. So everything that we do comes full circle. When you say rooftop, you're talking about residential living space? Yes. So door? Yeah, no doors. Yeah. 600 doors. Um, so definitely I think there's still a lot of opportunity there. We need more people living down here for us to get bigger and better concepts. Um, right now we're, we are, we've, we've gone from gross leases to, to net leases. That was a huge deal for us. When we first started, again, close to 15 years ago, every single lease was a gross lease. Uh, nobody even really knew what a triple net lease was, the type of tenants that we were leasing to, mm -hmm. which were more mom and pop. But now that's the standard down here. It's, it's a net lease. Yeah. Um, we're looking at other markets similar to where Waco was 10 or 15 years ago, and they're still gross leases. Yeah. You can't, I mean, they're not to the point where net leases are accepted, so. Well, you, you have that experience, particularly you've got your Madison project now too, that's apartments. Those rentals are seem to be moving pretty quickly as far as leasing up. They do. So all, lease up is really easy. And, I mean, it's, it happens pretty easily in downtown. There's always a question of saturation with, with multifamily and, and how are you going to attract people here versus people in the suburbs. Well, here we develop a multifamily project and we're really wide on amenities at the actual project because downtown itself is the amenity. Uh, these suburban multifamily developments, they, they can't compete with us because you can't recreate a downtown Waco and, yeah. and Woodway or uh, those areas. So here, I mean, they, they fly off the shelf. We I mean, consistently are able to bump rents by 10% annually. Uh, we get no pushback there. So um, that's, again, there's still a ton of opportunity for that. And we just got in at a really good time. I, I don't expect there to be much competition with us and what we're able to provide because we've owned a lot of these properties for a decade so properties are expensive down here now so yeah prices have changed well thanks for bringing us through this is a great project uh, i look forward to it getting open just to come here myself and i know that everybody else will i just i think it's a great project and will really work well thank you we really appreciate it thanks for taking time man thank you yeah. thank you appreciate it